Hi, and welcome to Dad's Talk, the podcast. My name is Kahar, and this is where dads are invited along to have real conversations, to share experiences and knowledge, and talk about everything you might expect from separation to emotions. Tonight's podcast touches on thinking of having a baby, parenting, and technology. had an interesting conversation with uh, it was a, actually a single American feller uh, was about and this is maybe a bit contentious topic uh, conception and how Americans plan uh, births because I noticed my me, me daughter was playing netball and I felt that a bit unfair that some of the kids were seemed a little bit bigger maybe a different age group and I sort of brought up the conversation that actually over in America, they're actually putting a lot more thought and uh, where uh, when, when kids are conceived so that they appear, if you, you understand what I'm saying. They, so, yeah, so you're saying that. In, the, in yeah. their class. Right, so, they so it to, gives them a bit of an advantage. It gives them yeah, an advantage, yeah, yeah. yes. And this is the, 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 the I, I don't understand the, that too much, Alan. I'm I'm going to ask the stupid question. Um, what do you mean? How, how does that give them the advantage? Well, if you have a, a child that's starting, you know, they're they're born on a certain month, there might be a a slightly a, a slight year advantage, if you know what I mean. I think you look at the school year, Cahar. You know, yeah. you have children born in June and then children born in July, and the the children that are born in in June are, are the youngest in the class. Yes, that's yeah. right. I, in fact, my, my, my son was the youngest in his class, and that was the reason why. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Whenever they start school at four, it, it means that the, the difference of maybe 25% that the youngest or, or the oldest had lived a quarter more than the youngest. So, Very significant at that age, Pascal, yeah. So do you think what are called the Irishmen? Think like that then or couples. <laughs> and I suppose, you know, it's I mean, I, I guess it's probably important for our listeners to just to make them aware uh, also is that I mean, we are a group of separated dads, all of us. Um, and for one reason or another, um, our relationships uh, uh, have ended. Um, and we're now supporting each other so we are um and we're we're using this forum of dad's talk uh the podcast just to talk about issues which is real for ourselves and possibly real for a lot of listeners that, that might be listening in um and i guess what i call it now i mean reflecting back i mean whenever we we're talking whenever alan we we're t- you're talking about your story i mean it was never something i had thought about the time of the year to conceive um or plan for a child but yet if you speak to younger people nowadays in relationships um, who have just got married, I mean, they, they are, and, and I'm talking about people from the island of Ireland, that they are planning children. They are definitely planning kids, you know? I, I can definitely say I have a friend who is about to give birth in July, and that was planned because she's a teacher and she wanted to work right up until the child was born. And it means that in July, then, you know, those first couple of months, yes. she has off anyway. So yeah. um, I guess we are probably planning a bit more. I, I've heard of that, Dom, where teachers plan their maternity leave. And it works. It seems to work out 
quite well for some of them, you know, if they if it's well planned. What about it's the dads? But what about the dads? I mean, yeah, for mum, planning, planning like that. But I wonder, do I mean? I wonder, do many dads actually give a lot of thought to a little baby coming along, you know, and and the changes that that's going to make, and in, in, in their life, in their well, relationship. My my experience was I became a dad while I was in the final year of university, and my son was born in early March. And it wasn't planned, but if it wasn't for having realizing that it was going to be a dad and I had to be prepared, I wouldn't have tried and did as well as I did. Sort of thing that kind of pushed me along, you know, it, that motivated me. A university that that pushed you on. Yeah, I was living in England. I was living in Liverpool. Um, I've been with my ex for three years now. At that point, we met the the first two days of uni, and we were together from then. Basically, it was crazy, but yeah. So we had him in final year and. Yeah, it was mad. We had my family going over, her family going over to sort of help with the kids so we could do <laughs> focus groups and interviews and dissertation, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was a bit uh-huh. crazy. But then once I had one, we decided very, very quickly we wanted to have the next one because we wanted them to grow up together. So there's only 16 months between my boys. And then there's a slightly bigger gap between my boys and my daughter. But it worked out quite well, actually. Like you have that sort of two or three years where they're, they were both under three and it was really challenging, you know, because they were very different babies. Um, but with age, what you were mentioning before as well about planning and conception, my younger son is one of the eldest in the year. And that's really, really helped him out over here. So he he has like a speech and language need and it's, it's possibly undiagnosed, but he's you know, maybe on the spectrum, but it's not, it's not overly obvious. But the fact that he's one of the eldest in the years means that he copes a bit better with the work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, and he gets speech therapy and things to help with that too. But it's kind of unintentionally. But when, whenever you brought up about planning for certain times a year for kids to have maybe a physical edge or something, it actually kind of makes sense to me. But even like just educationally, you know, because that's really made a difference in my son. Like um, his ability to cope. I mean, you know what I mean. I I asked and I acted stupid uh, whenever you 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 spoke about that, Alan. But I'm I would be consider myself to be an older dad now. In fact, I'm a granddad. <laughs> that's just that, that's just yeah, that's you don't I look at her. <laughs> but I think well, what I call it whenever I was much younger, I wouldn't have thought like that. You know, um, but then that was a gen- that was a generation ago almost. So it was. But I do think that, you know, when younger dads probably are more savvy that way now, thinking that way. And a good point, you know. And I guess, I mean, you know, that, that kind of leads me to thinking then, well, for new dads, I mean, there must be loads of special moments that dads have, you know, really good memories of um, whenever the children came along. You know, because people often say, look, yeah, as Wayne has said, it's, it's better to have two together rather than two apart, you know, because, you know, they're around the same age, it's easier. So it is. And it's good companionship for each of the wee ones as well. You know, and that could be a really, you can create great memories that way as well. So you can work, you know, with the two children. I think it's just nowadays with technology and stuff. My nine-year-old is, I swear, he is like a teenager, you know. Um, it's a bit scary. 
just the technology wise, the kids with their you know, phones and tablets and what they watch, they're very clued in. And they speak about memes and things that I don't know about, but it's like things that maybe my friends would know about. And I'm just like speak just a different language, me. really. It, yeah, it scares me. Like you always get these letters from the school about watch what they're watching and this and that and gaming and things. I just feel like nowadays kids kind of growth is you know, the childhood innocence goes a bit earlier than maybe what it would have been, you know, because kids are just exposed to so much more nowadays. Like my eldest, he's yeah, he's got the he's got the moods and attitudes of a teenager at times, and I I still talk to him like he's six or seven, you know, and he's just like dad, you're old, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Wayne, I think what I call it, Martin, and and you take this in the right way, Martin, because obviously maybe you and I are probably from the same generation, you know. Yeah. So I'm presuming <laughs> I what I call it, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the good the good generation too. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm I'm just presuming our children probably grew up. Um, in the same era also, you know, and and whenever I reflect back on my kids growing up and children growing up now um, in families, it's much more, it's much harder for families nowadays. I'd, yeah, you know, I'd agree with that. I'd agree because, with that. Yeah. Especially because of what Wayne was referring to, you know, technology and the way technology is moving so fast and children's reliance upon it and then its influence. Whereas... Our kids growing up weren't, uh, well, my children anyhow, you know, it was magazines, mm. it was new jeans, it was hair dye in the house, you know, it was getting the brother and sister to do that if that was, you know, if they were available. Um, it was nightclubs. Baking, baking. Baking, yeah, yeah. buns and, yeah. and, and scones yeah. and, and all of them <laughs> things. Uh, and you didn't have Love Island on the television, you know, you nothing like that. And... Uh, and, and even for them growing up, I mean, I remember us getting Sky in here. That was such a big deal because we only had so many channels on the TV before that. Um, but we now- we had uh, we had Sky in in a playroom, and uh, my oldest daughter now now this is before smartphones, but my oldest daughter was obsessed with these American sort of sitcom, you know, the you know these kiddie programs, you know, and it was just she was just like. Google died on this, and then I had to disconnect it. And I says, "Look, it's broken." I actually <laughs> physically disconnected the sky from the room, and uh, I says, "Look, it's broken. It's broken because she was so addicted to it, you know." Uh, but uh, yeah, the yeah. Well, even Karen, whenever we're talking about our generation, like I guess Tom and Jerry, you know, they were always sort of fighting. And if, that was probably acceptable then, but now you bring it up to the current. <laughs> maybe not so acceptable yeah. because there was stuff that was acceptable maybe back in the seventies and eighties, which are not you know politically correct. Yes. Now. Uh, Tom would have to apologize now, wouldn't he? Yeah, the magic roundabout. Mm. Yeah, but now it's now it's YouTube, and I've seen little kids get quite angry when you tell them no. When whenever there's a time, you know, when it's you've been on there for an hour and you're literally scrolling through what sounds to us like either white noise or somebody screeching the entire time and whatever it's doing, it's really engaging them. But I don't, I don't know. I, something I worry about, you know, my son's six and he, he's shown great skill in using like a tablet, but hasn't really shown, you know, interest in specific things yet, you know, on a show. And I do worry at some point that's going to be his show and you're going to have to be disciplined in terms of the time he's going to spend on it. And 
not you know using it as a reward or do you you know give it them every evening or do you you know and then taking it away as a punishment if they're not behaving themselves it's a whole new different way of parenting i think because for us in the past um my mom will will hopefully forgive me for for sharing this but like when we were bold we were put out in the shed you know there, uh-huh. there was there wasn't a naughty step there was a naughty shed and you were put out there to reflect on what you did I got the um, bulldogger. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah. And it didn't, didn't do us any harm. This this is the question. I know that, Cahar, you know, you've, you've talked about that in programs and so on, about different parenting styles and what's what's became not appropriate and what's, you know, what we were, you know, maybe brought up with when how we adapt to that as parents now, like what we think is okay and not okay. Yes. But, in, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, Martin uh, or Dominic, but, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's not about having answers here. It's, it's really just about having that conversation. And I think that, you know, all of us were brought up in a very different environment, um, depending on our families, depending on our parents, depending on their background, depending on their employment, depending on their upbringing and stuff like that. But some of us were born in a different century. No, let's, let's, you know, let's agree with that. Um, so things were done differently. They were done differently um, and things are very different nowadays. And I, I guess that's why we're saying that, yeah, I mean, for, for children and for young families now planning to have kids, um, do they know how difficult it might be for them whenever the kids begin to grow, particularly with technology and having as a parent to navigate around that and the, the safety issues to do with it and the concerns as well. We talked a lot about growing up, Martin, if you'll agree with this, mm-hmm. that parents had a third parent in, in, in the house, and that was the television. Yeah, I was always in the corner, you know, and that's one of the things that um, my parents always used to talk about, uh, particularly having the third, this third parent, because, because there was 13 of us and everybody always sat around watching it, you know, and learning from it. Whereas nowadays, I mean, it's, it's uh, a parent in their pocket. They're carrying around, walking around, even then going to bed. And but you could look at it in in, in another way, Karen, uh, that it's it's nearly easier now to 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 discipline kids because you just take their device off them, you know, and that's that's the discipline, you know. So it just you know, uh-huh. if they misbehave, it's a big you deal to them. Yeah. Oh, it's a massive deal. It's a massive punishment, you know. So but can you discipline them too much then? Like you're putting time limits on them. Mm. You know, is there a certain level? You know, using the the tablet or technology as a sort of carrot to get things done. But this is, I think, this is a key point. Like when you separate from somebody as well. So, like, whenever I was with my partner, we had no tab, we no tablets or technology. Um, a bedtime, bedtime was always story, comics, or a board game, silly game. And we had that, and we stuck to that rigidly. Um, but then when we separated, and you're both on your own with three young children, it's it it's changed. You know, it's became the the boys now do have their tablets and stuff at bedtime, and like all those rules change, and that became like a contentious point for for us. But I just felt like it's so stimulating that see now with my eldest, he can be quite apprehensive about going bowling or going and ice skating or going and doing other things because he just wants to game. Mm-hmm. You know, and he won't enjoy doing something different with me until I physically got him there doing it. He'll kind of complain because he wants to game. And this is something that 
never really used to very be. addictive very addictive yeah like it's, it's just so it's dopaminergically it's like yes so skin for the brain and it's really hard to match what young brains especially can get from that like even as adults you think about phones it's quite people are just constantly you know well, that, that, that was going to be my point like, that we we have to be role models around it because i've seen so many parents out on their phones with their kids and the kids are looking at that phone they might be not even be old enough to have a phone yet and they go what is that i want that clearly mm. that's something very interesting and it's something i think about a lot that when i'm with my son is the phone's taken out to take pictures and that's it um it's put away because well first of all our time's so short but also you just want to show them that you know i'm not using this as a barrier to boredom or there's time in between you getting on the slide or getting off the slide i'm like no i'm i'm focused on you because you're most important this phone is not well for many kids it's a crutch dom you know it's, it's you know if they're out in an awkward situation they use their phone you know to get over the awkwardness you know you, you see That's it all okay. the time can i go back to one of the things that uh wayne was talking about wayne and that is you know i mean it's well we're all sitting here again separated fathers separated dads you know um and we're talking about technology with our kids and stuff but you 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 know you brought a really good point and that is that after you separate then yeah. things change um and you've got to then do this as a separated dad as a non-resident dad in your new residence with your children whenever they come along and that could be really difficult because it's not teamwork anymore in a lot of cases, because you're not in that same relationship, living with, with with your partner or your or your ex partner, you know, and I think that that's a big thing as well. So it is, especially with with dads who who have uh, been in a relationship that has ended. I mean, they still want to be with their children. They still are seeing their children, but maybe it's difficult as well being that authoritative parent and showing that difficult. they love their like, kids. Absolutely, I just. Because see, with the courts and the children, and I'm yeah. speaking to a social worker, and for, for, for many months, I remember being so concerned with the kids just being happy when they were with me. Like, my actual best interest in the children and my belief of we're not having technology at this time, I did not decide for a bit because I was focused on just trying to keep my children happy with me because I was anxious about court and I was anxious about the social worker, you know, and what was going to be said. and. That, that became like a thing where oh, they're allowed to do it at mum's house, but they're not allowed to do it at dad's house. And then everything then gets turned a wee bit at times. But I tried to bring this up with my ex the previous July or something, and it just didn't go down well, you know, like it was, I think, emotionally where we were at. But in in, in my opinion, that's, that's a big thing too, when you're going through yeah. the separation stage and everything. Like I became conscious of just trying to keep all three of my children happy mm-hmm. in my limited time with them. And I, to, yeah, and I and I you know what and I, I think this is a topic that what I call it, that we could maybe come back to um through Dad's Talk the podcast, maybe at another time. Um I would I would agree with Wayne there because I was in the same situation, different houses, different rules, you know. So uh-huh. I would agree with you, Wayne there. You know, yeah. I seen that too and you know, things have to slide a wee bit whenever you're in these circumstances as well. You know, yeah, and but unfortunately, it can be used as a, a bit of a bartering tool to curry favor and to 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 make the other side feel worse and so on. As mm. as Cara said, this probably deserves its own podcast. This very topic, yeah, 
I, I think so, you know, because I think that it's probably really, it's real, um, uh, it's, it's emotive, um, it's difficult. So it is, you know, and, and, a, and a changing environment for, for, for dads, um, for separated dads, uh, because all that they want to be is loving and supportive with their kids, but yet they've got to try and figure everything out. And I do think that maybe a dad's talk, a podcast, we should talk about this, um, this particular topic. And I guess on that, folks, look, you know what? Um, I'm just going to say to everybody listening, thanks for listening, um, because we're happy here having this conversation, you know, and putting that uh, conversation out there to people. Uh, and hopefully, what I call it, people who have been listening will join in again um, for the next session of Dad's Talk, the podcast, when we'll come up with another topic, another subject, and sit and have a, a real conversation and talk about lived experiences that we hope other people can, can relate to um, and, and, and enjoy. So thanks, everybody.